and welcome to another episode of All The F's with me, Bex. And this week, I've got a guest with me. So always my favourite types of pods when I've got somebody on to natter with. Somebody who I think is going to be pretty inspirational for people listening in. She's probably cringing at the way I'm going to be describing her. Um, somebody who is facing lots of challenges from a physical perspective with um, some things that her body's kind of throwing her way but still manages to show up for herself, prioritise her workouts, prioritise sleep and nutrition. So I thought, what a brilliant person to get on and hopefully pass out some perspective because I'm all about perspective and focusing on controlling the controllables. So Nick, no further ado, how are you? How are you feeling this morning? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Were you um, excited and just thrilled when I said, can you come on the podcast with me? Um... No. <laughs> I hate talking about myself. It's something I never really, I try not to do. Yeah, but we, we definitely need to do this because I think yeah. if we did like a little poll in our members community asking probably like who's one of the biggest cheerleaders of people and supportive people and, you know, who's a big part of this community, I think people would be voting you in there. Um, and not everybody voting would understand kind of what you've got going on behind the scenes, you know, for how you show up yeah. in that community. Yeah. I mean, I do, to, uh, to be fair, I do that because it helps me as well. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm always trying to think of ways to make me feel a little bit better about things. So I think if I'm doing that, I might as well just do it with other people. Yeah. So kind of two-way accountability and support yeah. in it by having those conversations. Yeah. So let's clue people in who don't know. What is it that we're talking about? What's going on with you at the moment? Can you give us a bit of an overview of kind of where it started and kind of where you are now? Yeah. So, well, I've been with Transfigure for two years, but I think health-wise, um, God, it's a, there's a long list. I have, um, I have frozen shoulder. I've got torn rotator cuff injury. I've got arthritis in pretty much most of my joints. Um, 12, 12 months ago, um, as you know, Bex, I was diagnosed with cysts and lesions on my brain, which meant I had to give the gym up for a while, um, which hit me really hard. I didn't actually realise how much the exercise and the gym group was making a difference to me till I couldn't come in. And then more recently, um, I've been started on fibromyalgia medication. Yeah. So basically, con a couple of conditions in there yeah. that when they are flaring up are going to cause you to be trying to manage chronic pain. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm in pain most days, but I kind of just think, what am I going to do? Am I going to sit at home and let it win? No, absolutely no. not. And that is you know, that sort of radiates from you, that attitude and approach to things, which is why I wanted to get you on here. Um, because like we were saying before I hit record, this isn't about toxic positivity. And what no. I mean by that is me ramming it down your throat of like positive vibes only to people who are listening, who are managing things like chronic pain conditions. But like I can't even begin to comprehend what a life managing constant pain feels like. I've had like a slight insight when I had eight months of a neurological condition and it yeah. was really hard to manage not being able to train and push myself and, and do things that are part of my identity as such, of like the gym is part of who I am. So I've got a taster of it, but I can't even begin to comprehend like how difficult it is to look for the things that you're grateful for and look for the positives when you're in pain. 
Yeah, and I'm th- I think this year especially, I think the sort of the brain stuff and the other stuff was a bit like the straw that broke the camel's back. I've always tried to be really positive and kind of ignore my own problems because there's always someone that's got worse things going on. But this year, you know, it's my mood has changed. It, it is has affected me and not in a great way most of the time, but... I'm quite rebellious by nature, and I just think I'm not going to allow my body to tell me that I can't do something. I'm forty, no. but at the same time, I think you actually have taken it on board in terms yeah. of like adapting and listening to controlling the controllable. So listening to what your body's telling you, it's going to be capable of doing at the moment in whatever yeah. way that shows up, and then adapting. So for people listening in, Nikki does one-to-one strength training with me online. And there's literally just tiny adaptations I'm having yeah. to make. There's no like, you know, well, I can't do anything. So I'll just have to not work out for however many weeks. It's like, what can I do though? Instead of focusing on what you can't do, isn't it? It's like, right, today, yeah. what can I actually do? Or at least that's the vibe I get working with. Yeah, and I, I think I have to be a bit like that. I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, throughout my 20s and probably the first half of my 30s, I didn't just burn the candle at both ends. I like, poured petrol on it and threw mm. it up in flames you know I have hammered my body I worked hard and I parted hard and I haven't done it any favors I didn't think about the long term I didn't think what am I going to do when this gets worse when this gets worse so I think now um I do have self-blame I do think yes I've made this situation come on quicker than it maybe possibly would have for some of them not all of them, obviously. Some of them are out of my control. But I just have to, every morning I sort of wake up and think, well, I can do that today, I can't do that. And I don't beat myself up if I have to rest. Whereas I'm really used to, it's took me ages to get used to listening to what my body needs and actually doing it. Mm. And you're an example of most people, right, who don't prioritise their health when they don't need to. So we've all been guilty of that, you know, in our 20s and 30s. And there's still people who come to me in the 40s, 50s and 60s who are still, and I'm going to just say it, it's not going to hit well with everybody, but make excuses. A lot of people make excuses that they haven't got time and they're busy and they put everybody else first. And the reason they do that is because they can make excuses because their health is still holding them up to an extent. And I shared a post in the group the other week and, it hit for me, it said, you have a thousand problems until you don't have your health, then you only have one problem. Yeah. yeah. And it's only when we have these things happen to us, isn't it, that we go, oh, fucking hell, like, we need to start prioritising our health and, and paying attention to this. But at the same time, I, like you said, you joined me two years ago. Some of this stuff's more recent, isn't it, that's yeah. going on yeah. now? Yeah. So you, I know you're, I understand that you're saying, you know, you feel a level of like guilt or whatever it is, but for the last two years, you really have prioritised your yeah, health. I have. So, you know, who knows where you'd be now if you haven't done that? Oh, I, yeah. It's, um, I don't like to think about it really. It's, um, it's something I push with as well because some of these issues, like the arthritis type that my children have, um, and I need to be able to show them that they, they can't just give up on it. They, they've got to push themselves. You know, I want to be able to run around in 20 years with grandkids and make an idiot out of myself. I don't want to be sat on the sofa with my knitting needles. No offence to any knitters. 
you know, thinking that why didn't I do something about it? Yeah. But that's what we're all about, isn't it? Transfigure. Yeah. It's everything we talk about. So the people who aren't part of our community, yes, you might join us with the initial intention of fat loss, fat loss, fat loss. You know, a lot of ladies join yeah. me like that. Just fat loss for the way I look. It, when you really get this and it becomes part of you, you understand that fat loss is literally the tip of the iceberg in terms of like your longevity, your quality of life. Like you say, what you're going to be able to give back to your grandkids, how you actively participate in your life. So much of that needs to be the reason behind, like, why you're doing the strength training at the moment. Why are you actually doing that? Why are you carrying on when you could so easily be like, fuck this. I've got so many things to deal with. I've got physical pain. You've had you've had psychological and emotional stress from the worry mm. of waiting for different test results. Like, we've all been worried, haven't we, of what... Yeah. There, was a, there, was a, there was a point in time where we thought what was going on with you could be really quite sinister, that... Yeah. All that puts on you, like like you said, you were gutted that you couldn't actually go to the gym while we were waiting for those results. Oh, I was gutted, yeah, I was gutted. And I'm, I mean, I'm lucky because out of the gym, I do have a really good support system. Like the girls at work are amazing. They absolutely 100% have my back. Um, but from a mental health side of it, exercising gives me something to focus on it gives it makes me think i'm doing something to make this better yeah yeah that's a really good point so kind of the control the controllables there's lots yeah. of things that feel out of your control at the moment yeah. but to, whatever version it is that you have to adapt to you're still doing something to try and manage the situation yeah definitely yeah and people really underestimate that looking after your body as best you can physically is going to support your mental health. It is going to make you be able to manage situations. Yeah, 100%. 100%, yeah. I wish people would really get on board with that because I think mental resilience, like the connection to feeling strong and empowered, because like you say, you're doing something, you're making the choice like, to show up and do strength training or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. and I mean... it. I think seeing the benefits of it as well makes makes me realise it's it's worth doing, it's worth keep pushing for. You know, like me and Joe went off and walked the horseshoe the other week. Yeah, yeah, I suffered for a week after it, probably more than a week, but I still did it. I still put myself in a position where I could physically do that with all the stuff that's going on. Yeah. So, you, what, you know, what's next? What am I going to do next? That's what I'm thinking. What should we do next? And that is amazing. Like, if there is people listening into this who are waiting for test results or perhaps they've just had a diagnosis of something that's not, you know, ideal, it's feeling a little bit hopeless at the moment, obviously I'm not talking about, like, terminal things. <laughs> you know, I'm talking about situations that are like, fuck, these are the cards I've been dealt, but how am I going to deal with them? To me, that is so inspiring that you're like, well, I'm going to deal with it by going climbing fucking mountains with my best friend because I'm still building a strong enough body to be able to go and do these things and actively participate in your life. Yeah, and I, I, I sort of just, I always have this saying that, like, you know, when I hit 90, if they have to sit me in a corner in a nursing home with a bottle of wine and the telly, they can do that. I'll deal with that then. But now... I am not prepared to back down to it. Amazing. 
you're so inspiring this like I know we joke about it but yeah, I it's... find you so inspiring you know it's not easy I don't I don't sort of most days I don't feel like that emotionally but I was going to say but you still do it yeah I still I have to do it if I don't do it I'll just yeah and I'm not which I guess to do that. you know everything threads into everything else doesn't it but when people say to me I constantly get asked on social media like how do you stay motivated or somebody will fill in an application to work with me and be like I'm just looking for somebody to keep me motivated and I'm like then you, you're looking for, like, the fucking holy grail yeah. that is never going to happen. Motivation is so temporary, and if we rely on it to achieve anything, we're fucked, we're on the road to nowhere. Um, and that's exactly what you're saying. Do you hell wake up motivated every day when you're in pain and you're feeling stressed out waiting for test results and wondering how your week's going to be? But you're disciplined, aren't you? Because you know the yeah. benefits of turning yeah. up, what it's going to do. Yeah, I have to be, because... The other option is just not an option. Yeah, it's amazing. If everybody just took a little bit of that on board, like we'd all be so much more positive and productive in everything that we did. It's amazing. Yeah. You know, and even I think, you know, when I do have days, like I had flu recently and I was like in bed for a week, normally I'd have beat myself up for not being able to get up and do stuff. But I know that the minute I'm feeling better, I can just get back to it. It's there. It's waiting for me. It's not. I can do that. I don't have to wait for anybody else to allow me to do it. Yeah. I can just get up and get going once I'm ready to do it. And that's the shift, isn't it? When you're not doing this just for aesthetics anymore. When you're not just like, I get it a lot with people who'll be like, I don't know, let's say they're doing the little black dress challenge, a six-week challenge, and they'll say, well, you know, it's it's a write-off because I've been ill week one or I've turned my ankle or whatever it is. And I'm like, what's a write-off? I literally can't comprehend what you're talking about that's a write-off. Yes, the challenge says a six-week period, but you're not moving mountains in six weeks, right? We're building some habits and behaviours and some foundations. There is no write-off, is there, if you've got a week in bed yeah. when you need to listen to your body and chill out. This is building a body that's going to take you on the rest of your life. So having a week in bed or six weeks off because you've turned your ankle, there's still things you can control. And I think when you take that pressure off yourself, it it helps in other things. Like I've I've always quite struggled to lose weight because uh, partly because I'm menopausal and bloody hormonal. But now that weight loss isn't my priority in it, I am actually losing weight. And it's because mm-hmm. I've took that pressure off myself. Yeah, because it's not all or nothing anymore, is yeah. it? It's a change. Yeah. This is your lifestyle. So that's what people don't get as well. I'm like, forget about the weight on scales. Do the things that you need to do to look after yourself. And of course, body fat's going to start to come off because yeah. you're prioritising your nutrition and your movement and your sleep. And then that's something that's going to come alongside focusing on health. Yeah, Amazing. I mean... I used to, like, it used to be you'd lose a pound and you'd be like, oh, that's not enough, I've lost a pound. Now I actually notice that I've lost the pound and I recognise it. And I think if I wasn't doing the other stuff, that wouldn't have happened. I wouldn't be seeing things that way. Yeah, exactly. Like looking for the things that, appreciating what you're achieving when you really could be just bombing it all off. Yeah. Well... I think we've summed it up, Nick, to be honest. I just wanted to kind of put that out there as something I can share with people who are struggling. Like this morning, I've got another lady who's having 
a bit of a hard time with different bits and pieces. And I was like, I've got the pod for you. I'm <laughs> going to put Nick in your ears um, and you really teach me things. So thank oh. you for being a part <laughs> of the community. No, I mean it because people like you are what makes that community so powerful because oh, I think I'm... perspectives like everything, if everybody just forced themselves to have perspective, yeah. being surrounded by other people who act in the way you do, you know, you level yourself up with the people that you're around. So thank yeah. you. All right. It works the it works both ways. It you know, I think the it keeps me sane having that community of people that cheer you on whenever you're doing something. Well it's really yeah. underrated, isn't it? And I think yeah. well obviously I was doing my part last week it was a business talk and people were like, you know, what makes your business successful or what's give it, you know, longevity and all the different things that, you know, economic climates and pandemics. And I'm like, it's the community. It's always yeah. been the community because people underestimate the power of having that support network. So, yeah. What an uplifting podcast. <laughs> Thank you. so, And thanks for putting your jumper on. I was expecting to see you in your Nixon well, dressing gown, to be honest. I was, uh, yeah, I thought I'll get dressed because I'm going to go out for a walk now. So, <laughs> Yes, you are. Go out and get those steps in. Amazing, Nick. Thank you so much. No problem. Thank you.